Hi, and welcome to the Vine Community Church Podcast. We hope that what you're about to hear will help you to flourish in God's grace and bear fruit through loving God, loving each other, and loving our community. So we are in a series, Just People Like You and Me. And we've seen throughout this series just all the great men and women who had incredible faith men who uh, really led by faith. And at the same time, we've seen that they too struggle with with their fears and with their sin. And uh, and, and it gives us a little bit of hope because they're just like you and me. Are we going to trust the Lord in whatever we're facing? You know, today we're going to be looking at the book of Esther and it's full of these unexpected ups and downs. You would think this is going to happen, and then all of a sudden, there's a turn, and this happens by the end of the book. It's like beautiful how that happens, and how God and his work is so sovereign and good and great. On every page of Esther, we see God and his great promises unfolding, but here's the irony of it. Not once is the name or God mentioned in all of Esther. Yet his hand is so clearly providential and mighty and powerful in this great little book. And so today we're going to be looking at chapter 4 of Esther. And here's just a little bit more background. You know Esther, a Jewish woman who was elevated to queen there in Persia, is main character along with her uncle Mordecai. And we'll hear more about them in just a few moments. And then there's other characters, King Xerxes, who's this powerful, literally he's the most dominant ruler in all the the world. I mean, he's taken over Babylon, which was the world empire, and now Xerxes is throwing these parties and he's showing off his power. (laughs) And he drinks a little bit too, you know. And then uh, we see also uh, Haman, And Haman is kind of the evil guy. Whenever you hear Haman in synagogues today, even they say, the people say, boo. When you hear Haman today, boo. He is the the adversary, the foil. Um, You know, the guy who is actually uh, motivated to exterminate uh, the Jews. And so here we see a, a story, a great story of a woman who stands in the gap in the midst of um, perhaps even death of her whole people. And yet Esther, Esther uh, stands before uh, the king, and if I perish, I perish. And so today uh, we're going to be seeing this in the setting to just give you the background biblically of where Esther fits is this. Remember 1,500 years earlier, Abraham in Genesis 12 was given the promise that he would become a great nation and the people of Israel would prosper as they trusted in God for his rescue. And he did, and they did. But then, uh, you know, bad kings came along eventually in in Israel, both in, in the north and in the south. And so now... Uh, For the southern Israel has been in captivity in Babylon for more than 70 years. 
At the end of 70 years, you remember some of the Israelites, Nehemiah, Ezra, returned to Israel. But at that same time, uh, Persia, another world empire, comes and takes over Babylon. And now they're the dominant international nation, if you will. And some of the Jews remain there. And we, we see that Esther and her uncle Mordecai are still in Susa, the capital city of Persia, which is modern-day Iraq. And so uh, the story goes this way. King Xerxes is like this incredible, powerful leader, and he's showing off his powers. He throws these feasts or banquets. And at, at one of these feasts, he calls his beautiful bride, Vasti, to come and show off her beauty. And she apparently was very gorgeous. And she refused the king. Well, in those days, that it was a complete royal no-no. You did not do that. And so King Xerxes gets angry, and he deposes Queen Vasti and d divorces her in essence. She's exiled. And then his young leaders say, hey, well, why don't you throw a beauty pageant? So he has all the most beautiful women in the known world come before him. He narrows it down to about seven or so. And Esther is one of them, a Jewish lady, though they don't know she's Jewish. She's hiding her um, national identity and her relationship to Mordecai at this time. And so Esther not only wins the beauty pageant, but she ultimately, uh, Xerxes is enamored with her. <laughs> and uh, he, he actually marries her and she becomes the queen over Persia. And so we see all this in chapters one and two. And then in chapter three, the wicked Haman, boo, <laughs> um, he hated Mordecai because several times he encountered Mordecai, a Jewish man, he knew he was, and he, he would not bow before Haman. Haman was a great man in, in per, the Persian Empire. He was used to it. And when Mordecai would not bow on him, to him, he, he planned to kill not only Mordecai, but all the Jewish people. And so uh, we see that he actually, chapter 3, that he schemes and convinces uh, King Xerxes to make an unalterable decree. And uh, Haman had these dice, and the king says, yes, you can do that. And I'm going to make that decree. And he throws these called pure. You will see this later, the Feast of Purim. And he throws these dice, and the 13th day of Adar is chosen as the day when the uh, Jewish people will be annihilated. And this is all happening in chapter 3. Chapter 4 begins now today, we're going to read this, with Mordecai discovering Haman's wicked plan to exterminate the Jews. So we come to this passage and and today, we're going to see this, not just for Esther, for Mordecai, for the Jewish people, but for all of us who trust in the living God. God is faithful to his promises when life seems to not be working out. So let's read together Esther chapter 4. And remind you, as we do always, this is God's holy word. 
When Mordecai learned all that had been done, Mordecai tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the midst of the city. And he cried out with a loud and bitter cry. He went up to the entrance of the king's gate, for no one was allowed to enter the king's gate clothed in sackcloth. And in every province, wherever the king's command and his decree reached, there was great mourning among the Jews with fasting and weeping and lamenting, and many of them lay in sackcloth and ashes. And when Esther's young women and her eunuchs came and told her, the queen was deeply distressed. She sent garments to clothe Mordecai so that he might take off his sackcloth, but he would not accept them. Then Esther called for Hathak, one of the king's eunuchs, who had been appointed to tend her and ordered him to go to Mordecai to learn what this was and why it was. Hathak went out to Mordecai in the open square of the city in front of the king's gates. And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the exact sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries for the destruction of the Jews. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa for their destruction, that he might show it to Esther and explain it to her and command her to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of the people. And Hathak went and told Esther what Mordecai had said. Then Esther spoke to Hathak and commanded him to go to Mordecai and say, All the king's servants and all the people of the king's provinces know that if any man or woman goes to to the king inside the inner court without being called, there is but one law to be put to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter, so that he may live. But as for me, I have not been called to come into the king these 30 days. And they told Mordecai what Esther had said. Then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not think to yourself that that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, Go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf. And do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. And I and my young women will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. This is God's gracious word. We thank him. Amen. And so, as we think about God being faithful to all his promises, even when life is not working out, we see here in verses 4 through 11, life doesn't seem to be working out well for the Jewish people and for Mordecai, and in fact, not even for Esther. And, And 
we see that, that Esther actually struggles with some fears. Maybe fears like she would look different or face rejection. And you see that in verses 4 and 5. Remember that Mordecai has come and he's mourning. He's wailing. You can imagine he's crying out, God, rescue the Jews. Help, help. And he's crying out. He's literally, I mean, he's in front of the, the gates of the king's palace. And you weren't supposed to dress in, in, in sackcloth and ashes. So he's disobeying that law. And Esther is seeing all this and she's thinking, man, my uncle might be in real desperate danger. That's king. You know, he might be imprisoned or jailed or worst. You know, and, and so she's thinking for his sake. And also she's probably thinking, what if I get connected to, to Mordecai and they find out he's my uncle and I'm Jewish? It could be bad for me too. And so, you know, she, she's probably dealing with some fears or at least fear of maybe even embarrassment. It says in verse 4 that the queen was deeply distressed when she saw this. So, you know, we all fall into fears, right? At these times when we, when we face uh, seasons where we feel like life is not going well and we might feel like we're going to get some kind of rejection in our life. Often in our life, we can ask this question, Lord, where are you? You don't feel close to me. In fact, you feel far from me and absent. I can imagine that Esther was feeling a bit like that too. So she had fears. And, and she also had a fear, maybe I, I, it's possible I could die. Verses 10 and 11 show us that Esther sent Hathak a second time with a, with a message for Mordecai. And in a nutshell, here's what she said to him. Look, Mordecai, I, I can't go to this king, you know, if I go before him and he has not summoned me, I could be put to death. I'm not sure you really understand what you're asking of me. And of course, Mordecai's reply, we see it in verses 12 through 17. He says, yes, Esther, I love you, but I know exactly what I'm asking of you. I'm asking you to do this. Trust God. And trust that he is faithful to all of his promises, verses 12 through 17. In essence, he, he tells her in his response back, first of all, he says, Esther, look, you're in a really privileged position, but you cannot protect yourself. See, verse 12 says, and they told Mordecai, what Esther had said, then Mordecai told them to reply to Esther, do not think to yourself that in the king's palace you will escape any more than all the other Jews. For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Mordecai is saying in essence to Esther, and it's actually kind of a word for many of us. Look, the palace, your position, your influence, your job, your money, 
your looks, your achievements cannot protect you. Only God, only God can protect you, dear niece. And so here, Mordecai so wisely instructs and tenderly instructs his niece who is in this powerful, God-given position. He says, in essence, to her, eventually you will be exposed and you will even face death. Don't be silent. Don't try to protect yourself. You see, Mordecai knew how high the stakes really were. And this is pretty sobering stuff, right? And, uh, and it's a word to us that we, we have to stop trying to protect ourselves by our own work, our own abilities, our own influence. Trust God. Trust his promises. And also he goes on in verses four, verse 14 to say, in essence, you, Esther, are uniquely designed to help others. He clearly states to Esther that God has given her a position as queen for a reason. The Lord had strategically placed Esther in this role as King Xerxes' wife. Verse 14, second half says, And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. See, the answer is grace. The word come is a passive verb in 14. It's translated, who knows if you were not brought to this royal position for such a time as this. In essence, he's saying your beauty, your wits, your influence over the king, it was not earned by you, Esther. It was a gift from God. He has placed you in this great and lofty position. It's through grace, God's grace alone. Do you realize that? Listen, uh, church, you know, we're not in a position of a king or a queen, but you have influence. You might not feel like it, but you do. You, if you know Christ, are a son and daughter of God. You are a mighty prince and princess of the living God. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, very famous, you know this. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God, not by works. Why? So that you will not boast. It's not by your doing you have the place, position, or even grace that you've received. It's all a gift. And then verse 10 goes on. You gotta, can't forget verse 10. For you are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You're God's workmanship. The word workmanship means is from the word poema, which means you're God like his poems, literally. You're his artwork. You have been designed by God. Do you realize that? You might not feel 
like this piece of artwork, but you are beautifully and wonderfully designed in the hands of our great master God. And he has designed you, every one of you, for such a time as this. Will you, will you trust and obey that he has placed you in the roles, the position, with the influence you have to promote his kingdom and not your own? Stop trying to protect yourself and your kingdoms. I know it's hard. Don't like to look at the stock market last week. We look to protect ourselves and we don't remember that it's God who's put us in such a position. It's God who's our protector. It's God. He has made us his workmanship. And that verse 15 goes on to say, he goes on to say to Esther and to us, you will be strengthened by God's grace to whatever he calls you to do. Verse 15 Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai, go gather all the Jews to be found in Susa and hold a fast on my behalf and do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my young men, will, women, will also fast as you do. Then I will go to the king, though it is against the law, and if I perish, I perish." Mordecai then went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. You see, she wisely asked Mordecai to gather as many praying people together to fast and pray that as I defy the law of the Persians and risk my life, that God would intervene by his grace and grant life for me and for the Jews. At the end of verse 16, she says so famously, if I perish... I perish. So as you come here to thinking about this, just a couple thoughts on, on this, these few verses. First of all, do you realize the powerful means of grace you have through prayer? I don't think we do. It's only when we get to the place where we're utterly powerless, we realize, I've got nothing in my hands that we cry out to the living God. We hit our faces. Do you think the Christians in the Ukraine are praying? Yeah, you bet. They're powerless. It's when we realize those moments we're in your hands, Lord. Truly. I've got nothing, but I have you. You are the God of the universe, and I want to trust you and cry out to you, the living God, on my behalf. If I perish, I perish. So let's, let's be a church of crying out to pray. Just a few ways to do that. Is, you know, we have a prayer conference coming up. Have you thought about joining with us? Or are you like, it's prayer? I know about prayer. See, that's the problem. 
Join us. We join in with the joy of crying out to our living God. There's nothing more important. There's nothing more beautiful than a people who realize their powerlessness before an almighty king. Pray. Let's pray. Let's fast together. We're going to do that the week before the prayer conference. Enjoy. Also, just um, we're going to pray at 3 p.m. Whoever can join. I know this is real last minute, but there's a church over in Buford. We're going to put that address up in a bit. Uh, and we're going to join with them to pray for the uh, what's going on in the Ukraine. <laughs> Man, I don't. It's a, apparently a church of God. I didn't even know that, but it doesn't really matter. Let's get together and pray with them. So, are you trusting God's grace to do whatever he calls you to do? Do you realize that you're in the hands of the living God? Also think about this. The response to this sermon is not, be like Esther. Okay, let's go. Let's do this. No. Let's hit our faces. Lord, please pour out your grace. We're in your hands. We're trusting you to do all, everything you want us to do, that you've called us to do. We need your help, living Lord. Psalm 121 was the call to worship last week. I lift my eyes to the hills from whence I come. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. You see, the response today is, God, your grace is so amazing. I need you every hour. I need you every moment. And so, Lord, I want to trust you. I want to trust your grace. You know, Esther so beautifully is one of the books of the Old Testament. But the book doesn't end. The story doesn't end there, right? The story of Esther. Remember, she's, she's you know, she goes to the king. Haman, boo, is defeated. He's actually hung on his own gallows that he was trying to hang Mordecai on, right? Then he... King Xerxes, because of Esther's intervention, has the second decree, okay, Jews, on the day of, 13th day of Adar, you can defend yourself against all your enemies, and they do, and they defeat all their enemies, including Haman's family members who are trying to kill him. In the end, they have this big feast, you know, pure is the, for the dice, they have this feast, another feast, thank you, God. It's a feast of Purim. It still happens in the Jewish world today. Mordecai is elevated to second command. Esther's the queen. King Xerxes has his love of his life. Everything is happy. The world goes on. But listen, it doesn't end there. Centuries after Esther, the living God came to this planet. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. And though he was innocent, he went to the certainty of death.
to the cross. And he died and he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven. Soon he'll come again. Jesus is the conquering king. Jesus is the Lord of the universe. Jesus is the reason why we exist and live. It's his kingdom. It's his glory. We trust him. Whether life is going well and everything is going fancy and we're like, woo, yeah, it's going great. Or he feels so absent from you. He is Lord. He is God. Will you trust him? Will you trust his promises? I lift my eyes to the hills from whence my help comes. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. Or in Romans, if God is for us, who can be against us? Lord, you are my shield and my deliverer. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. These are all promises in Scripture, and you can find so many more. They are all true. Ground yourself in the truths of his promises. Trust him on him alone. Trust that he is faithful to all his promises. So as we come to the Lord's Supper, I just want to close with a, a question to ask you as you turn from your sin, those of you who know Christ, and prep your heart for a communion. Here's the question. Do you realize that God is faithful to his promises when life isn't working out? Do you? Take just a moment. Come before the Lord. Repent of any ways you have been not trusting him. And turn in faith and obedience to Christ. Let's pray. Thanks so much for joining us for this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at thevinecc.com, download our mobile app, or visit us on Facebook or Instagram at thevinecc. Have a great week.